When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey everybody, it's Dan and welcome to our latest edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Mary Kay Cabot again checks in from Florida at the owners' meetings and we've got three topics we're going to get into. Baker Mayfield and was Andrew Barry just posturing when he talked about maybe keeping Baker Mayfield around or... Could it really happen? Mary Kay and I answer that question. Then we discuss Deshaun Watson and a possible suspension coming and what that could look like, how long it might take to get an answer on that. And then finally, we get into the Haslams and if giving that guaranteed money angered some people, should Browns fans care? Is it going to have any lasting impact or are people just going to get over it? And what might that contract look like five years from now? Uh, when some other quarterbacks get paid. So that's all coming up here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Make sure you're a football insider subscriber. Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page to get info and get signed up. Okay, enough of me. Here's our podcast. Away we go on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Mary Kay joining us from Florida at the owners meetings. Uh, If you're not, can't see the video if you're listening to this. You've got to go to our Browns YouTube channel. You've got to see the video. Or if you're listening to this on Cleveland, on the website, you got to scroll up and look at this video. Mary Kay has this background that it looks like a Zoom background, but this is the real deal. Uh, there's palm trees and hanging lights, and uh, it's it's quite the background, Mary Kay. You know, I wish I knew about this background yesterday when we did it because when I just sat down here I'm like this looks so fake behind me (laughs) but it is absolutely 100% real this is a beautiful courtyard and this gives people a little glimpse into what these owners meetings are all about I mean it's definitely uh the lifestyles of the rich and famous here at the breakers (laughs) yeah you got to search Cleveland Browns on cleveland.com YouTube you'll be able to get to our YouTube channel our videographer will appreciate it as well if you go check that out so uh Dave Anderson, there's a shout out for you. All right, let's get to everything that happened today um, in Florida. And you look, you heard from the Haslams, you heard from Andrew Barry and Paul DePodesta, you heard from Roger Goodell. We're going to touch on all of those things. And let's just start with Andrew Barry's comments about Baker. So I'm trying to do the mental gymnastics here. How much of it do you think is like, hey, it's possible Baker could actually be on this team when the season starts? And how much of it do you think is Andrew sort of posturing? Well, I think some of it is posturing. There's no market for Baker Mayfield right now. We've talked about that. And, you know, you can't really say, oh, yeah, we don't we don't want Baker. We want him out of here. I mean, you can't look that desperate. Uh, So they have to change the narrative now. Things have changed drastically in the last couple of weeks to the point where uh, there are no starting jobs open. Nobody wants to pick up his eighteen point eight six million dollar salary. So therefore, Andrew Berry is now saying, Hey, you know what? Quarterbacks are assets. We've got three good ones. We can handle this salary for as long as we need to. And basically that's what's going on, Dan. They are prepared to sit this one out 
until somebody comes a calling for Baker Mayfield or until it just gets really weird and nobody can take it anymore. So, um, so th that's basically what's going to happen. And, and I almost think it's going to require some starting NFL quarterback to go down with an injury uh, before they find the right taker for Baker Mayfield. So here's the only reason I even give it like a shred of like, oh, he's, this is just pot, like, he's not just posturing. This is real. It's because like, this is sort of how Andrew Barry has operated. He can be pretty stubborn. And if he doesn't feel like he's getting value for the asset, he might just do this. And we, I mean, we've talked about this. The first part of the offseason program, all but one week of the offseason program is voluntary. So Baker would only have to show up in minicamp, but I'm fairly certain that's a team fine. Like they could choose not to find him probably if he didn't show up for minicamp. I don't know how they would approach that. I mean, this doesn't really get weird until training camp when they would have to make a decision on, well, do they put him on the do not report list or does Baker show up because he doesn't want to end up on that list? He wants his contract to, he wants that clock to start on, on his contract. And maybe it's like Deshaun Watson last year and he's playing scout team safety and just doing individual drills. I mean, that was a weird scenario, obviously. So this isn't unprecedented that something like this could happen. I, I don't know. I, I still believe he'll probably be gone by then. I believe that this was sort of a lot of posturing, but this is, this is weird to say about Andrew Barry. He's crazy enough to actually try this. Well, as you mentioned before, uh, he's not going to do anything that isn't good for the Cleveland Browns. They are beyond the point of wanting to do Baker Mayfield any favors. Now, early on, when they were in the process of trying to acquire an elite quarterback and it was going to be apparent that they had to move him, uh, they were feeling a spirit of cooperation and they would have tried to get him where he wanted to go. But now that's off the table, basically, because uh, Baker Mayfield asked to be traded. And once that happened, I don't think they feel overly motivated to try to make sure uh, they can get him somewhere uh, where he'll be like incredibly happy. I think now it's, it's a matter of trying to get the best return they can for Baker Mayfield. And that's what they're going to do. But, um, but I, you know, I just don't see that happening necessarily anytime soon. If it does, it will be because some, team, you know, they put their heads together and just decided that Baker Mayfield will give them a better chance to win in 2022. And there are not many teams in that category anymore. There's the, you know, there's the Seahawks that have Drew Locke. Uh, there's the Panthers that have Sam Darnold. Supposedly there was mutual disinterest between <laughs> the Panthers and Baker Mayfield. But once again, sometimes things change uh, as, as time goes on. But that's what's going on here. And here, here's an important point to remember. I've been told that Baker Mayfield will not skip or miss anything that could cause a breach of contract for him. He's not going to do anything at all uh, that causes him to lose out on his 18 point, almost $9 million. So if it comes to, uh, if it comes to having to be there from day one of training camp, he will be there on day one of training camp. And I mean, it, it could get weird. The other thing, I mean, if, if they wanted this to get really ugly, if anybody wanted this to get ugly, he could show up for the offseason program. I yeah. mean, he could. <laughs> These two sides are not necessarily in a sort of feel-good situation anymore. I mean, that, that went out the window a long time ago. It, that's over, okay? So, I mean, not that he would do this, but who knows? I mean, if, if, he, if he wanted things uh, to get really awkward and uncomfortable – all he has to do is 
show up in the quarterback room and go out on the field and, and, you know, work alongside Deshaun Watson and Jacoby Brissett and, and give it a whirl. I don't think that's going to happen. He does have an out for the offseason program right now, obviously. And again, it's voluntary, uh, but he is recovering still from the torn labrum in his left non-throwing shoulder. So he doesn't need to show up for the offseason program. Again, the mini camp, that all depends uh, contractually if he's going to be extra careful to make sure that nobody can say, hey, you didn't show up for a voluntary mini camp. So I think we need to dig a little deep, a little deeper into the rules there. I didn't have time to do that today, but um, if it requires him to be here so that he doesn't lose his money, he will be here. Yeah, I mean, my preliminary reading of it, I, I was actually working on a story about like what his options were before the Deshaun Watson trade went down. So I, I did a little digging uh, into the CBA. Um, his, his contract, like those fifth-year options are weird. Like they basically, there's nothing extra in them. Like there's no workout bonuses. There's nothing like, he's not going to lose money if he doesn't show up. The mini camp, you know, Aaron Rodgers skipped his mini camp. Uh, I believe Deshaun Watson skipped his mini camp last year. Um, but then the Browns can find him at somewhere in the neighborhood of $95,000, mm-hmm. um, over right. the course of it's by day. Um, but I believe that would be their choice, but yeah, I mean, the, these, the CBA is written where it's nearly impossible to hold out from training camp. There, there's almost no, he would basically put himself in a position where he wouldn't bank that fifth year. And he'd basically still be under contract after this season with the Browns or something like, you know, I mean, there's bad things that could happen if he doesn't show up for training camp. Yeah, I think the new CBA includes language where you can't waive the training camp uh, fines or fees or anything like that. I don't think the team can say, hey, don't worry about it. Don't show. I don't think it's like that. I think he would have to come and do some things, whether they have him over there doing some things on his own or whatever the case may be. And, you know, it just I mean, it might have to come to that if they don't feel like they have a deal that benefits the Cleveland Browns, because that's what they're all about right now. Uh, They're going to get the best that they can uh, for what they can out of Baker Mayfield. And, um, you know, it just, it just depends on, on where this goes. So, you know, just the, uh, <laughs> the saga continues, <laughs> right? I mean, it's just been sort of a bizarre, uh, situation. And I did ask Andrew Barry today, would you just want to, don't you just want to close the door on this thing, slam the book shut and say, let's move on to the Deshaun Watson period. And, and he was like, you know, no, we're going to, we're going to do what's best for the Cleveland Browns. And if that means we hang on to an asset until someone wants the asset, that's what we're going to do. And, you know, I wonder if the draft becomes kind of an, obviously something could happen over the next few weeks, but I do wonder if the draft will play a role in this too. You've mentioned quarterbacks getting hurt, but if a team doesn't get a quarterback, they thought they might get, or, you know, maybe Seattle doesn't get Malik Willis, or I don't know. I, I, maybe the draft kind of becomes that next point here where it's like, okay, let's see how these, you know, rookie quarterbacks shake out and then maybe somebody will call the Browns after that, or, you know, I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. But I know, I also know Andrew didn't give much of an answer today when asked if they would pay part of the contract or give up draft assets uh, to move Baker. Yes. He he's not willing to negotiate in the press. He never does. So we don't expect him to do that. But one option would be for uh, the agent, Tom Mills to go to another team and try to work out a deal himself where then he can come back to the Browns, kind of like what Deshaun Watson did on a different scale. But Deshaun Watson worked things out with the team and then compensation happened between the two clubs. But uh, that's what the agent would have to do. He would have to go find a team that is willing to take Baker and do something with that contract. 
and then take it back to the Browns. And I mean, you know, that might involve sort of really trying to get the Browns to make some kind of money concessions, which they don't want to do right now. In that case, you know, maybe they could try to work something out where they spread the contract out over two years, you know, just to end this thing, you know, just to get him started with a new team in a new city and move on. Uh, but they could spread it out. They could add some voidable years. They could do some creative things with the contract, possibly. But right now, no one is jumping in to trade for Baker Mayfield. Well, it'll be interesting. Uh, we'll we'll kind of see how this goes. Um, I, I still I feel like this thing's going to be over at some point before, definitely before training camp. I'm just curious, what, what do you kind of think is going to happen here? You know, I can't honestly say because I don't know <laughs> what that would be. I they're not going to they're not going to cut him and just give him away and eat 18.86 when you know that two or three weeks into the season or longer, I mean, you could keep him until the trade deadline if you had to. At some point, you could get a bunch of that money taken off the books. Now, the other thing to remember, so I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, Dan. It's really hard to say. Um, but the other thing to remember about the financial aspect of it is that if you add it all up, and I put this in the story I posted, Deshaun Watson, his base salary is 1.035 this year, million. That's it. They brought it all the way down to that. Um, and then Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett, the backup quarterback, 4.65. Baker Mayfield, 18.86. So it all adds up to roughly about $25 million, which is a bargain for one quarterback. I mean, most elite and good quarterbacks these days are averaging Deshaun Watson is 46. Aaron Rodgers, 50 million. Patrick Mahomes, 45 million. Uh, Josh Allen, 43 million. So to, to, you know, to have to pay all three of your quarterbacks $25 million for this season, not the worst thing in the world. Okay, let's talk about the, uh, the starting quarterback for the Browns, and that's Deshaun Watson. And you got to uh, hear from Roger Goodell today. He held his press conference. And I'm just curious, you know, look, he said the commissioner's exempt list, likely not an option because there were no criminal charges. Um, and of course, he, he didn't use it last year either. Um, other than that, he didn't say a ton about the suspension, but I'm wondering what kind of sense you got. Because I, I was kind of watching on Twitter and there were some fans who kind of listened to his answer and were like, uh-oh, this isn't going to be good. I'm, I'm curious what sense you got being in the room and listening to his answer. You know, it, it seems to me that the fact that the two grand juries return no bills or non-indictments against Deshaun Watson I think it mitigates in the mind of the NFL what, what happened. I, I think that that was huge. I really do. I mean, if he was facing criminal charges right now, he probably would be on the commissioner's exempt list or possibly headed to it. And I think that it would weigh heavily in the NFL's investigation. But the fact that these two grand juries quickly and swiftly returned no bills, one was a no bill, one was a no action, which means that it's kind of a nuanced thing. But, you know, years down the road, nobody can even go look and figure out that, that he was a subject of a grand jury investigation in that county. Um, so those are those were pretty significant. I think the league has uh, paid a lot of notice to that. And it almost seems to me like um, like the suspension is not going to be as long as some people originally possibly thought. Now, having said that, I did ask Roger Gurdema, Goodell myself in this press conference, do you plan to talk to more of his accusers? They've only talked to 10 of the 24 accusers. Again, 22 civil suits, 24 accusers. And um, 
And Roger Goodell said, we'll talk to whoever we need to, to, to get all the facts that we need. So that leads me to believe that they will try to talk to more of the accusers. And I think that they should. I mean, you can't talk to less than half of them and hope that you're getting a clear and accurate picture of what went on or what they believe went on or whatever the case may be. So I think they need to talk to the rest of them and then they need to talk to Deshaun Watson. So at some point, I think he will have to be brought in into New York to go over all this, but they still have work to do. So I guess, I mean, this is another thing, kind of like the Baker Mayfield thing. Like this is just sort of wait and see, right? I mean, it sounds like this isn't something that's going to be resolved anytime soon. And frankly, Deshaun's going to be able to stay with the team and practice with the team up until the regular season starts, even if they announce a suspension tomorrow. So this is kind of like, we all want an answer, but probably not going to get something soon. Yeah. And I think the fact that they're not going to put him on the commissioner's exempt list is significant because that does keep him with the team right now. That does mean that he can go to the offseason program beginning April 18th, and he will do that. He is going to be there for that, and he's going to participate fully in the offseason program. So if he were going on the exempt list, that, that would be huge. He would not be there to prepare. He wouldn't be there throwing to Amari Cooper and getting to know Nick Chubb and uh, trying to establish a connection with Miles Garrett and his other new teammates. But uh, they expect him to be there uh, as often as he can be throughout that whole entire program. And, um, and I, I thought that was a fairly significant development from today. I also think, too, when, like when we talk about the suspension, obviously, you know, if you lose half a year of Deshaun or, you know, in an extreme case, maybe you'll lose a year. I doubt that's going to happen. But if you lose that time, and we're going to talk about the contract after the break, but you did sign this guy to a five-year, $230 million contract. So there, there is a sense of urgency to win this year, but like, the, like this is a long-term vision. This isn't just, oh, we brought Deshaun in to win a Super Bowl in 2022, and that's it. I mean, they, they envision this guy as their quarterback, probably beyond this contract, but definitely for the next five years. So, so this isn't just like a one-year deal. No, not at all. This is a long-term vision, as you mentioned, I, and they are so all in on him and they went all in with the money and the draft picks that yes, they anticipate contending and trying to make it to Super Bowls in the next couple of years. And I feel uh, really strongly about the fact that they did this and they took this risk, the public relations risk and everything that comes along with it because they 100% believe that this is the quarterback or the level of elite quarterback they need to compete in the NFL for a Super Bowl. That's what they're going for. That's why they did this. All right, let's take a break. And then we are going to get a little bit more into that contract and uh, some of the response to it. And back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, Mary Kay, let's talk about the five-year, $230 million fully guaranteed contract. Uh, there was some thinking and Peter King reported in his Monday morning quarterback column that uh, some owners were not happy that the Browns gave Deshaun that much money. Uh, it's $80 million more than the highest guarantee ever. Uh, we've never seen a quarterback get a, well, we have seen a quarterback get a fully guaranteed contract. Kirk Cousins got one, but we've never seen one of this size and, and of this length. Should Browns fans care if other owners are upset that the Browns handed this deal to Deshaun Watson outside of the off the field stuff. Let's take that out of the equation here. Let's just talk about this as the quarterback and the football player. Should Browns fans care if other owners are mad at the Browns for doing this deal? No, no, because, uh, you know, somebody along the way, you know, was, was going to do a deal like this. The cap goes up, the TV contracts are going up. 
the contracts for everybody's going up. Look at the receiver contracts. And this was going to happen for someone. Now, again, Steve Biscotti, the, um, the owner of the Ravens, actually basically confirmed uh, Peter King's report by coming out on the record today and saying that he doesn't know if Deshaun Watson should have been the first player uh, to get this type of fully guaranteed contract. And I think the inference there was somebody who has these 22 civil suits against him and you're go we're going out and rewarding him with the most guaranteed money in the history of the NFL by $80 million. Now, he also has a vested interest in this because his starting quarterback is up for a blockbuster extension in Lamar Jackson. So it makes things difficult on everybody if that has to be sort of your starting point for where you do your negotiations. They upset the apple cart. Browns fans shouldn't care. But I do think there is something to be said for the fact that uh, it has raised some eyebrows in NFL circles. I mean, I actually talked to somebody last night, uh, an NF a high-level NFL executive that also was a little bit dismayed about this. So um, Steve Viscotti is not the only one, but somebody was going to do it. It was going to happen. It just so happens to be the Browns in a controversial situation. Yeah, and, and look, guaranteed contracts is like the last – hurdle for the NFLPA, right? I mean, it's like the last, it's their, it's their white whale, I guess, like the MLB has them, NBA has them, and NFL wants them. And so mm -hmm. now you're starting to see, you're starting to see this stuff. I actually think soon enough, that 230 million guaranteed is going to feel like a bargain. If mm -hmm. Deshaun Watson plays like he's capable of playing and you're going to have, I mean, Joe Burrow is going to be up after, not up, but he's going to be eligible for an extension after the next season, Justin Herbert, uh, I mean, Lamar Jackson, like you mentioned, the Ravens are working through that right now. I think we're going to see some really big numbers, some really big guaranteed numbers for the, like if Joe Burrow goes out and has another great season and leads the Bengals deep into the playoffs again, and, and the Bengals aren't exactly a, a franchise known for spending. So maybe that's a bad example, but Justin Herbert, the chargers are loaded. If he leads them to the AFC championship game or a super bowl, we're going to see some really big guaranteed dollars coming. And I you know, five years from now and Deshaun's contract is up, it might look like a steal. Yeah. I mean, the money is just, just climbing by leaps and bounds, obviously. So absolutely. As you mentioned that, you know, this is, is probably not going to look this crazy. Paul D. Podesta even remembered back when he, he cited a baseball contract that was like $10 million guaranteed back in the day. And it just seems so astronomical. And right now it does feel that way. But, you know, we will be getting desensitized to this sort of thing as, as we go along. They just so happened to uh, decide that they were going to do this to get this deal done. They were already all in. They did not, they were not going to have a good quarterback situation at all for 2022. I mean, they, they were basically at that point, I mean, they had already decided, you know, okay, maybe we'll have to run it back with Baker Mayfield in 2022, but they didn't want to. I mean, they just didn't want to. And that's so abundantly clear now. So they kind of had to go, uh, you know, the extra mile and hit it completely out of the park. And, um, and you know, I mean, they, they set the bar extremely high. But like you said, uh, you know, other teams will probably end up following suit because now they're probably going to have no choice. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see where that, that quarterback mark goes. Is there any negative impact to the Browns that, that this caused ripple effects or that, that owners were a little upset by this? Could it hurt them, I don't know, in some trade negotiations or something like that? Or is this just kind of like 
hey, we're upset about this, but life goes on. You know what? I don't know. If somebody speculated to me that, you know, maybe teams don't want to want to trade for Baker Mayfield right now because they don't want to do the Browns any favors because of what happened. But I don't know. I mean, some of it is just almost like a, a jealousy type of thing, you know? Um, and I mean, it's just business and they're going to do their business the way that they see fit for, uh, for the Cleveland Browns. So I don't, I don't think there'll be anything negative there. I mean, what can anybody really do to them at this point? I mean, they, they did what they did. Teams now, as you can see, are, are going all in for Super Bowls. I mean, they're, they're going out and they're purchasing themselves a championship. And that's basically what the Browns are trying to do here. Okay, there we go. I think we hit on everything uh, that, not everything that happened at the owners meetings, but I think we hit on the biggest things. I know it was a, a busy day for you uh, down there in Florida. So we just wanted to hit on those big three things and try to get you out of here. Let you enjoy maybe that whatever's going on in the background there <laughs> um, behind yeah. you. Uh, yeah. So anyway, make sure you're a football insider subscriber, cleveland.com slash Browns with blue banner at the top of the page. Get subscribed uh, as well to this podcast or if you're listening to podcast and uh, rate and review us. Five-star reviews. We'd love to see them. Uh, Mary Kay, I'll talk to you later. Sounds great. <laughs>